I've confronted hundreds of men over two decades. I have been in television for 24 years. I just came to get something to eat. And I have very seldom been at a loss for words. I just came to get something to eat. Men online looking for children to sexually assault. What's the motive here? It's, Explain it to me. I don't no, know you're right. No, you're right. It's stupid. It's, it's not. It's an no. illegal thing. Yeah, I know. I did a stupid thing. Men from all walks of life. A doctor. A teacher. A clergyman. You sent pornographic pictures through the mail. Okay, that's a federal offense right there. You know I'm in trouble. And I know it. I tried to get into their heads and understand why. Who we have tonight? Uh, I, I want to know who you are. I want to know a little bit more about you first. Can I eat first? Sure, go ahead. Let's see if any of this sounds familiar while you enjoy your pizza. And ultimately, make sure they face justice. You ask her if she's a virgin. I ask everybody all kinds of stuff. It's just talk. You ask her if she's horny. What's wrong with that? You ask if she does anal. It's a question. Question. Who are they? Have they tried to prey on other children? And where are they now? These are the predators I've caught. I'm Chris Hansen. Out of all the predators I've caught, Joshua Cologne stands out. Not just because he was dangerous. He showed up in our Fairfield, Connecticut sting operation trying to meet a 12-year-old girl for sex. But he also stands out because he was so brazen. And the way the entire confrontation went down was like no other. It wasn't violent. He wasn't particularly clever with his excuses. In fact, he pretty much admitted why he was there and what he was doing. But he did find himself in the bathroom of our stinghouse. And I'll get into all that in a moment. And it provided me an opportunity to confront a predator in a different way. But as you'll Likely recall, the Fairfield, Connecticut sting took place in October of 2015, right around, right around now, seven years ago. And the house was a very nice place, upper middle class neighborhood, not far from I-95. Fairfield is a, still a bit of a bedroom community of New York City. A lot of people lived there and commuted to the city. It's also not that far from Boston, not that far from New Jersey. So it was an ideal location with the highway right there. I mean, we were literally within a five-minute drive of I-95. So it provided a, a very central location. And in fact, we had guys show up from Boston, Jeff Sopel, from New York City, Joshua Cologne, and from other surrounding areas, including nearby in lovely Fairfield County, Connecticut. Fairfield County is the larger county. The cities there include Fairfield, Darien, Greenwich, Stamford, all that. The Fairfield County Police Department 
very, very professional mid-sized department, led at the time by Gary McNamara, the chief of police at that time. And uh, he's a super proactive law enforcement official. And it didn't take much to have a discussion with the department and work this out so that we could collaborate on a predator investigation. And we'll hear from Gary McNamara in a minute. So there we are, this beautiful fall long weekend in Fairfield. And one of the guys who's chatting with our decoy is 32-year-old Joshua Cologne. Now, Joshua is a plumber at the time. And he lived in Queens and worked in Brooklyn. He also liked to chat with and wanted to have sex with children. And he makes an incredible admission after his arrest, and we'll get into that in a moment as well, about having sex with a 15-year-old. 12. A 12-year-old girl. Online, he liked to be called Poppy and Boss. The organization we worked with at the time for this investigation was Tetrid Core, and they would go online posing as children, much like Perverted Justice did. In fact, some Tetrid Core members were also contributors to Perverted Justice, and when Perverted Justice ceased operations, they formed uh, with some others, Tetrid Core. Very good group, and I keep in touch with some of them to this very day. We may do another sting with them. Very helpful. As you know, most of the stings now, including the one we did last week at the Michigan-Ohio border, we use law enforcement decoys. I'm not ruling out using law enforcement-endorsed civilians as decoys in the future, but right now, the best way to ensure a successful prosecution is to collaborate with law enforcement the way we have it. There'll be more to come on that. Those stories will air starting Thanksgiving Day on True Blue, my new crime streaming network. Anyway, back to Joshua Cologne. He's chatting on a couple different platforms. Love Seekers, which is meant for teens. And he makes the first approach with someone he thought was a 12-year-old girl named Jenna Claire. The chat starts, well, I don't want to say innocently enough, but without a necessarily overt sexual agenda. But very quickly, Cologne says, you hang out with older guys. Decoy says, yeah, I talk to anyone as long as they aren't assholes. Cool. Well, I'm 32, just so you know. And he goes on to say, yeah, I know young girls who are much more mature than women my age. I connect more with young girls. I like goofing off a lot. Then just to drive the point home that she's underage, the decoy says, I got to change classes. Can we talk soon? I like nice guys. Then he says, yeah, can we talk later on the phone? I'm Joshua. I'm Jenna Claire, she says. Cologne sends pictures of himself driving, shopping around. 
and the chat continues. The decoy asking, Have you done it with someone who hasn't done it before yet? Yeah, one time. I just took it super slow, he said. She was 15 and super tight like I'm sure you are. Then there's more sex talk. He says, I know, but I'm driving with my dick hard. There's more talk about the girl singing on video. Come on, I'm sure you look adorable singing. I don't think so, she said. Promise me if you hate it, you won't tell me? Okay. I love the video. You look amazingly gorgeous. You are so sexy, he says. And then he says good night. But the chat will continue the next day. He wants to be called the boss. Yes, of course you are the boss, she says. Sends a picture. He says, mmm, so sexy. You're so sweet to say that, she says, just being honest with you. Then he asks her to take her glasses off for the next picture. Yes, anything you want, boss. No, I want you to be the boss, he says. Your mom never lets you go out, right? So how will I get to meet you? I don't know. She just got a boyfriend, so I'm hoping they'll go out and leave me at home. I can drive up one day, and we'll drive around, make out. There's more sex talk. She says, but you're going to go slow, right? So it doesn't hurt? Yeah, I'll go slow. And yes, it will hurt. Okay, good, she says. Ugh, I gotta go. Got stuff for school tomorrow. Talk later. Mwah, mwah, mwahs and kissing. Sleep tight. Good night, he says. More about this predator I've caught in a moment. He hope you're having a good day at school. Starts the next conversation. Send me a pic of you at school. I mean, he's really working it and grooming this 12-year-old girl. She says, I miss you so bad. I hate my life. Can I call after my mom goes to bed? Yeah, call me. About what time is that? Then he says, even though you look sad in the picture, you are still very beautiful. He continues, I miss you, baby. Wish you could communicate with me more. I'm really sorry, she says. Fucking mom didn't pay for our cell phones or our cable. So I couldn't even tell you. I just got back on. He asks for more pictures. And then he sends some more pictures of himself driving around. I'll never be mad at you, baby. You're my princess. I love you, baby. So I assume you can't call me. I really want to make love to you. This has been going on for a few days now. Then he talks about hoping that the mom will go away. Cool. Hopefully she leaves you again. Mm, I come over and cuddle and make love to you. You live in a house or apartment? She says house. She says a picture of her being silly at lunch at school. He talks about even marrying her at 12, saying that if she was older, he'd do it. Then again, when is she going on her trip? You okay with having sex, he says? Mm, you're so sexy. I miss you more, princess. All along, Joshua Cologne is driving the sex talk. Now, she's open to the idea of it, but he's, he's the one in charge here. He's the boss, Poppy. I want you to dress for me in a short skirt when I come over. 
Okay, I can do that with no underwear on, he says. I'm going to kiss you all over, even down there, and you're going to love it. Can't wait to taste you. Then he says he'll wear a condom and that he is so horny right now. Now he wants to make sure that the mom will be gone all night. He's worried about getting into trouble. There's talk of the age to get married being 18. I think that's so bad. I would take care of you if I could legally, he said. I mean, he's trying to hit every potential button. And remember, he knows he's talking to somebody who's identified themselves as a 12-year-old girl. I love you. Have a good day at school, he says at one point. I want to spend as much time with you as possible. They talk about watching movies. She wants to know if he's seen Fast and Furious 7 yet. Then they make a plan to meet on Friday. Hey, baby, I'm home thinking about my beautiful girlfriend. Hey, Poppy. He gets a little bit angry that she's not been available. But he's committed. And as we'll see, Joshua Cologne will make a hour plus, probably closer to two hour drive from Queens to our Stinghouse on a rainy October night to meet someone he thinks is a 12-year-old girl. Now, we've got the whole house wired as usual, and we know he's on his way. Now, sometimes these guys do get a conscience. Sometimes they roll by the house and see something suspicious, and they take off. But Joshua Cologne is committed, and he rolls up, and I'll never forget this, in this bright yellow vehicle. And we watch him come up the sidewalk into the side door of this home, carrying an overnight bag and food. So our decoy, who is a local college student studying theater and communications, is of age, but looks much younger. And this was her first time working with us. She did a splendid job. And so she goes to the door to let him in and actually says, hi, Poppy. And he's excited. Hi, Poppy. Come on in. It's so good to see you. By the way, Poppy is Latin slang for daddy. Did you get here okay, though? Were the roads bad? Really but I need you. Oh, nice. Thank you. Those are my dollars. Yeah. Do you like them? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you want to try my picture? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What'd you bring me? I bring. I brought dinner for myself. Oh. Because right. I, I I didn't get to uh, I didn't get to finish my dinner. Oh, that's I was okay. Kind of in a rush. You can finish. I had stuff earlier. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then we can have cupcakes. Grab you something. Grab me some It's okay. Nice house. Thanks. Cologne says he likes the house. It's very nice. We've got cookies out on the counter, red velvet. He compliments our decoy on that, our on-site decoy. And then he talks about bringing food. But listen to this. He only brings enough food for himself. He doesn't even bring food for his date, the girl 
he's going to sexually assault. He's talked to her about getting married if he could. He's talked to her about all kinds of sex acts. He comes with an overnight bag and food for himself. Right? I mean, the whole picture is disgustingly evil. But on top of that, to bring food only for yourself because you don't have time to get food for your date? I mean, not only is he a criminal, not only is he a predator, he's he's inconsiderate. And now they're face-to-face, right? Joshua clones on one side of the kitchen island, our onside decoys on the other. And he's got to go to the bathroom. I mean, he's been in the car, you know, probably two hours. And the bathroom is to the left. So he asks if he can use the bathroom, and the decoy says, yeah. Can I try to use the bathroom? Because I have this way hold it so long. Yeah, it's uh, right here. Kind of, you look hotter than the picture. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm really nervous. Yeah, right there. Are you nervous? Oh. No, here, this one. <laughs> yeah, I know it's little. Yeah, okay. That's good. It's old-fashioned, Yeah. Yep. Now, at this point, I've got to make a decision because typically we don't like the predators to get into a room where they can lock the door, potentially have a barricaded situation. The police are set up in the garage, which is connected to the house. It's a three-car garage, so they had their own space out there. They were there. They had monitors. They could see what was going on in the house and communications. The way it's supposed to work is the predator walks in, has a conversation with the onside decoy, boy or girl, and then at the right moment, I come out to the confrontation. Once that's done, he exits, sometimes being guided by our security man, Ron Knight, out the garage door into the arms of police. And most of the time that works really well. A couple times they wanted to go out the front door, a couple times they bolted, but in this particular scenario, it worked mostly as it was supposed to. So now, Joshua Cologne is in the bathroom, and I move into the kitchen. Our onside decoy goes into the living room, and I'm waiting. And I'm thinking, okay, when he's finished, he'll come out, I'll surprise him, I'll have him take a seat, and I'll start the questioning. The problem is for Joshua Cologne is that the light for the bathroom is actually outside the bathroom, the light switch that is. So he gets in there, closes the door and it's pitch black. And so he opens the door again and peeks out because he's got to see the light switch. And at this point I'm there and he looks at me and literally, I kid you not, says, oh shit. Now he recognizes me. And he knows he's in trouble. And he later will tell detectives in the interrogation that his greatest fear was that I was going to be there. But that was something that he was willing to set aside to fulfill his fantasy of having sex with a 12-year-old girl. If what you've heard shocks you so far, join us back in a moment. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. It can be tough to train your brain to stay in problem-solving mode when faced with a challenge in life. But when you learn how to find your own solution, there's really no better feeling 
A therapist can help you become a better problem solver, making it easier to accomplish your goals, no matter how big or how small. You can't always find the answer on your own. If you reach out to BetterHelp, you can find the solution. A therapist can lead you in the right direction. You can feel less stressed, more confident. BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, and entirely online. Get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey and switch therapists anytime you want. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Hanson today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash Hanson. So he comes out, and I'm asking him questions. And keep in mind, the whole time I'm talking to him, he still hasn't gone to the bathroom because he couldn't find the light switch. He's dying because he's being confronted by me. His mind is trying to sort out how much trouble he's actually in. And he's got a full bladder. You talk about discomfort and you talk about somebody who deserves it. That is Joshua Cologne. I'm sorry, is there a light switch in here? Oh, it's behind you, is that it? Come on out, Joshua. Oh, right over there, please. And he actually says, before he sits down, I know who you are. And this comes after he reaches into his back pocket, which makes me a little nervous. He ultimately just pulls out his cell phone. But I ask him to keep his hands where I can see him, and he does. Keep your hands. Keep your hands right there. Stupid. I know who you are. You know who I am? Yes. So you've seen my shows before? Yeah. Well, guess what? We're starting up again. Okay. And you are among our first guests. Okay. What's your name? Joshua. Joshua. Joshua what? Cologne. Cologne. And how old are you? I'm 32. 32. And how did you meet this Jenna Clara? I was on an app link. And why did you think it was appropriate to talk to a girl who said she was 12 years old? I don't know why. 12? I know. It was wrong. Cologne doesn't even try to come up with an excuse. He admits that he was there for Jenna Claire. He admits that the plan was to have sex with her. He admits that he's got condoms in his overnight bag. What did you bring with you tonight? Huh? What did you bring with you tonight? Clothes. Clothes. Why would you need a change of clothes? Because I was going to stay over. Stay over with a 12-year-old girl? Yeah. And what were you going to do with this girl? Um, what do you mean you don't know? Um, guess, you know, guess I guess have sex. Have sex? Yeah. And yes, you heard him right. When I press him as to what he was going to do with this 12-year-old girl, he says, have sex. Now, you had quite the chat with this girl. It's too bad you aren't old enough. I would marry you. Mm. You would marry a 12-year-old girl. If she was old enough. If she was old enough. But why would you even say that to a 12-year-old? Joshua Cologne doesn't have children of his own, but he does have nieces and nephews. And I ask him about that. Do you have any nieces and nephews, younger cousins? Yeah. Okay. What if a guy was hitting on them like this? Yeah, I wouldn't like it. You wouldn't like it? 
He then says that he doesn't want to see any more as if he is going to lawyer up or something, but he doesn't. He continues to talk. So explain to me what was going on in your mind that made you think it was okay to come here and do the very same thing. I, 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 I don't want to say anything more. You want to say anything more? Well, you pretty much already said it. Did you bring condoms? Yes. Where are they? In my bag. I ask him what's in his overnight bag besides condoms. What else is in the bag? Clothes and toothbrush, stuff like that. That's it? That's it. That's all you're going to find. I confront him with some more of his chat with someone he thought was 12. Yeah, well, we'll finally make out and make love. I was thinking of staying over and leaving the next morning. So when I come over, we'll go to your room and you'll take off all your clothes since I'm the boss. I asked him about why he wanted to have the girl call him Poppy. And again, he says, I don't want to say anymore. But he does. Why did you have her call you Poppy? I don't want to say anymore. What is Poppy? Latin, Latin, same. Nickname? Yeah. You wanted her to call you the boss. And then you say, I just hope your mom doesn't find out about me because I could get in serious trouble, you know, right? I could go to jail. And then I confront him with a line that seems to be telling, convincing the girl that love knows no age, but admitting that not everybody sees it that way and that he could go to jail over this. That's the truest part of any text I saw from him. I know love knows no age, but most people don't think the same. Twelve, Joshua. I know, I know, I messed up. And then he admits, which is something we already know, that he had contacted other underage girls before. He claimed, however, that he never met them. Have you done this before? No. Have you ever contacted an underage girl online before? Yes. We have evidence of that, too. A 13-year-old. So why should I believe you've never done this before? I just first of me... You just woke up... A chance. You woke up a few weeks ago and said, I'm going to chat up this girl and drive from your home where? New York. In Brooklyn. In Queens. Queens. You said Brooklyn? Or do you work in Brooklyn? I work in Brooklyn. Okay. And you live in Queens? Yes. And what do you do for work in Brooklyn? I'm a plumber. A plumber. Good job. Yeah. Good pay? It's all right. Why would you toss it away for this? I don't know. I try to dig a little deeper to see if he'll tell me, you know, what motivates him to want to have sex with the child. He doesn't seem to be able to articulate it, but he does admit that it's wrong. I mean, can't you explain to me what brought you here tonight? No. I mean, it's not right. It is not right, I, I know. But help me to understand it. I, I don't know. I don't know what was going through my mind. You don't know? No. I mean, this is your chance to explain yourself. I, there's no way I'm getting out of this anyway, so I'm, I'm not going to say anymore. Then it comes time to remind him who I am, and the cameras come out. 
he knows that what's going to happen next is not good, but he's mostly concerned about using the bathroom. Now, I don't want to go through all that and create a security situation by letting him lock himself in the bathroom. At this point, it becomes a an issue for the Fairfield police to deal with. So I suggest to him that they're going to find a way for him to relieve his problem. Well, Joshua, I don't know what else to say to you. Except that I'm Chris Hansen. And this is an investigation called Hansen versus Predator. So if there's anything else you want people to know, now is the time. No. No. You're free to leave. Um, can I use the bathroom? Because I've been holding it for quite some time. I think you should go. Cologne walks out of the door into the garage and the Fairfield police arrest him. And they take him to police headquarters to interview him. And I've got to say, out of all the departments, law enforcement agencies with which we worked, the Fairfield interviewers were among the most skilled in terms of getting these guys to explain themselves, to push their buttons, if you will. And this is when Cologne makes a startling admission. The detectives have given Cologne some Chinese takeout. He's waived his right to a lawyer. And now he's going to talk. And the startling admission I mentioned earlier involves another child. And it's 12 in age that you're comfortable with? That's your preference, or? I date all ages. What? Huh? I can't hear you. I date, I, uh, I date older, younger, I mean, not younger than 12, but, you know, 12 and up. And I don't know that we ever got to the bottom of who this child was, but he actually admits that he had sex with a 15-year-old boy. Now, remember, he was at our sting house in Connecticut for a girl. But apparently, this predator was not so discriminating when it came to having sex with a boy or a girl because he admits to the detective that he had met a 15-year-old boy for sex. Man, they have sexual relations with someone older than 12. How old? 15. When was that? Hmm. Uh, a few months back. Do you remember her name? It's not of her. Okay. Do you remember his name? David. He even admits that he knows the boy's name, David. And this is also around the time when he tells the detective that he doesn't discriminate in terms of age. He likes to date people of all ages, older, younger. Like, this is not a big deal. Like, just because there's a website or a social media platform that allows this to happen, that it's okay. And this is when he tells the detective that his biggest fear was running into me. And he also says that one of the reasons he never met other younger girls online was that he was afraid to be on the show, my show. I mean, I talked, but I never actually went to meet them because I was always afraid. To what? To be, like, on that guy's show. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you were afraid of? <laughs> I can't say that I blame you. And so the good news is that apparently we have become a deterrent for this sort of behavior. The bad news is he came anyway. 
as other guys continue to do. I mean, the detective actually laughs when he says that. He laughs too. It's not going to be laughing for long, though. And this is the most powerful part of the entire interview with detectives. The detective asks if you could take me out of the equation. If I wasn't there and a 12-year-old girl was, what would have happened? And he says, he admits that he would have had sex with a 12-year-old girl. If you could erase um, him from walking into the kitchen today, what do you envision yourself doing right now if that hadn't happened? You guys know already. Your intention was to have sex with her? Yeah. Okay. And then he admits that the reason he told the girl that he loved her was to pull her in. That it was part of the grooming process. Did you tell her you loved her? Yes. Why? I don't know. I guess it kind of, like, I don't know, kind of pull her in, I guess, or something. To pull her in? I guess. And then the detective asks him what he envisioned the experience would be like with a younger girl versus a, a woman of age. And it comes down to power. What do you think would be different about a sexual experience with a young girl versus an older person your age? An older person is more experienced. I guess in some way I can have, I guess, the power. Power of having an inexperienced person? Yeah. Cologne eventually bonds out of jail. He's got money. Apparently some families and friends were able to put this all together. But he's a shocking example of what these guys will do to fulfill their fantasies. And I asked then Fairfield Police Chief Gary McNamara what frightened him most about what we found in this investigation. What surprised you most about the results of this investigation? How vulnerable our children are. How the internet has made our children so much more vulnerable to individuals that want to do them harm. And how easy it is to entice children. And sadly, what Chief McNamara told me then has not changed. And we see this in the current investigations. The evidence, the chat logs... The fact that Cologne showed up, his interview with me, his interview with the Fairfield police detective, overwhelming. And ultimately, Cologne pleads guilty to three counts stemming from this investigation. He gets sentenced to 10 years in prison. He served three, and the rest was suspended. He had to register as a sex offender, still is. And he had to live on probation. Now, we think that Cologne is still living in the New York area. We do know that in September of 2020, he was convicted of violating parole and that he went back to jail for six months. It's unclear as to what the violation was. When you look it up in the records, it just lists the initial counts of the crimes. Attempt to commit enticing a minor. Attempt to commit illegal sexual conduct. 
attempt to commit illegal sexual contact in using a computer to commit a sex act with a victim who's underage. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that's what he did to violate probation. It just lists on the documents what he originally pleaded guilty to or was found guilty of. So it's unclear exactly what he did, but he did go back in 2020 and served six additional months. We believe that Cologne is still living in the tri-state area and that, you know, he's still working as a plumber. I did find a cell phone number for Joshua Cologne. I called it. The man who answered sounded suspiciously like the Joshua Cologne I came face to face with in a kitchen in Connecticut. He claimed it wasn't him. I'd like to talk to Joshua Cologne now. See what he has to say about all this. We'll continue to effort that. And I will keep you posted. As you know, I like to hear from you. This week's question comes all the way from Australia, from Taylor. Hi, Chris. Uh, My name's Taylor. I'm from Australia. Loving the podcast so far. Learning a lot of new information that I wasn't aware of before. My question is, when you are reading out the transcripts, obviously there's some really awful things in there. Have you ever felt uncomfortable reading out a certain line or have you ever read a line and just couldn't say it out loud because it was too horrible reading out the transcripts to the predators is obviously a huge part of the process and holding them accountable but I was just wondering if it was ever too difficult for you to do thank you Taylor that's an excellent question and yes There have been some transcripts so graphic, so bizarre, that it's been hard for me to read them, even to the predators. Now, what I've done in the past is read them verbatim. And then for television, we've, you know, bleeped out part of it. And sometimes I'll read it verbatim and then I'll just paraphrase it in my own narration. But I think it's important, as graphic as some of this stuff is, and as offensive as some of it is, it does elicit a response from the predator when I read specifically from the chat. And I've had predators say, no, 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 stop, don't read it, don't read it, I know what it says, I know what it says, and I've continued anyway because they deserve to be made uncomfortable. They deserve to have to deal with the same things being said to them that they said to somebody they thought was a child. Now, that doesn't make me a prosecutor. That doesn't make me a judge. Everybody who's accused of a crime in this country is entitled to their day in court, to due process. And we understand that. And there is a legal system in place to ensure that. But if he's in my kitchen and he's there for a 
boy or girl, he's going to answer those questions. And so, yes, it is very graphic. In fact, it's not just the questions, it's the pictures that they send. I remember way back in the very beginning, in the second investigation we did in Virginia, when the rabbi came in, David Kay, and we had a whole packet of transcripts and pictures that he had sent somebody he thought was a 13-year-old boy. And the pictures, obviously, we couldn't show on television without blurring them out, but the pictures were essentially the rabbi performing sex acts on another man. And that's what he had sent to this decoy. Now, not only did I not really want to look at that, it was just too much, but I did slide it across the kitchen counter so that he would see it because I wanted to get his reaction to the fact that we knew that he had sent this to someone he thought was a 13-year-old boy. His reaction was quite animated, if you'll recall. He lunged at me to try to get the pictures as if those were the only copies. But I do think it's important to have these guys face the music, so to speak, when it comes to what they've said. And so we'll continue to do that. And as I mentioned earlier, we did it again just last week in another investigation. We had one guy who was in who talked about having a glory hole and wanting a 14-year-old boy to take part in that. He was not happy to get that line of questioning from me. So, Taylor, thank you for checking in all the way from Australia. You can always send me your questions. And I like the audio files, but I I will read everything that I get and, and I will use questions and have used questions if they're just written out. So I appreciate it all. You can always find me on Twitter at Chris Hansen, Instagram at official Chris Hansen, TikTok, have a seat with Chris Hansen, all over Facebook, Cameo, should you want to check that out. In coming Thanksgiving Day on my new crime streaming network, True Blue. You can get the latest very soon at watchtrueblue.com. And as always, you can reach me directly at chris at predatorpodcast.com. I'll be watching and listening.